Would you open God's precious holy word to Ephesians chapter 6? And let's look at verses 1 through 4. <laughs> my, my screen in the back it's, has a mind of its own this morning. It's, I'm getting basketball scores and everything. I'll keep you all updated on the tournament <laughs> and see if your bracket is going well. <laughs> he, he warned me that we were having trouble with the, uh, that part. Okay. This is a letter to believers. Unbelievers who would try to read and understand Ephesians or any part of the Bible really would be as though they were looking at a blank stone wall because they are spiritually dead and cannot receive the things from the Spirit of God being in the deadness of sin. They would be very confused and rebellious against the instructions that are given to believers in Ephesians as they would be against the very gospel of Jesus Christ the account of creation or anything else in God's holy Bible. So we have to, if we are believers, if we are in Christ, we have to really sit up and listen. Because as I told you, the first three chapters speak as to our position in Christ. Once we understand our position in Christ, as taught in the first three chapters. Now we are to listen to the teaching of how we are to live in Christ. So here are the instructions and it's filled with imperatives in the Greek. That means it's a command. It's not a suggestion. Christians are to be absolutely obedient because this is a command from the Holy Spirit by the pen of Paul to believers, we saw last time husbands and wives. I didn't get a single anonymous hate mail letter. <laughs> so it seems to have been received. Well, it may as well be. It's just the scriptures. I don't, I don't write it. I just preach it. And now, children and parents an admonition with regard to children and how important it is. As believers, we understand and can see that the family as it always has been, but in a harsh and many times unknown way, the family is under severe attack today. It has been for some time. If God gives me to July the 4th, I'll be 70 years old. And here's what that means. I've seen some stuff. With regard to the destruction of the family, I probably in my lifetime have seen more than my mother had up to the time she was 70. 
Let's think about it. In my lifetime, I have seen the Supreme Court defy the word of God in many ways and blaspheme God in these ways specifically of which I can remember. Number one, your children can't pray in school. Number two, it's okay to kill a baby while it's still in the womb. Now those two things have had devastating effects on uh, children and on families. If it affects children, it affects families. Moving on from there, there was the sexual revolution in the 60s where fornication was on open display. It became cool and acceptable to that generation. Moving on from there, there was the, the feminist liberation movement, which degraded the roles that God had established as we studied last time. For a, for a woman to believe and to follow the principles of the feminist movement is to degrade herself because men understand that the greatest creation of God is a woman. The second greatest is an Irish wolfhound. <laughs> but the greatest by far is a woman. Some may be less lovely than others, but they're all lovely. Now, to pursue a set of principles that uh, modern culture tries to impose on humanity and on civilization, if someone pursues that and it is in defiance of the word of God, then that person, regardless of who that person calls herself or himself a Christian, is making a direct assault on the word of God. Can you understand that? So if husbands aren't obedient to the things that we just studied previously, if they're not obedient to that, they are making a direct assault on the word of God. If women are not obedient to what we just studied, they are making a direct assault on the word of God. And the Bible says that God has established his word above all of his name. Think about that. The happiest, most peaceful, and most abundant life that we can live is a life that seeks to be obedient to the Lord to follow his ways and his, his admonitions, his instructions. In the case of Ephesians, his imperatives. Move from the sexual revolution of the 60s, which glorified fornication, and the feminist revolution uh, that followed from there, which degraded both the role of man and woman, the basic units of God's civilized creation on planet Earth, you can, uh, you can move from there to the child psychology cult 
Look at the world of children today. How did that work out? We're in trouble. The child psychology cult that tells us we have to greatly esteem. Now, there's nothing wrong with this in a sense that it's done in the Lord. But if it's done in the way that the child psychology cult presses upon us, then it's wrong and it produces, it produces little criminals. You let that child know that there's nobody in the world but, but him or her. It establishes what I call meology. It's all about you. You make sure that you don't get involved with anything that doesn't build you up. That doesn't make you more than what you are. A lot of churches, I'm so sorry to say, have established their way by bringing before the people meology instead of theology. It's all about Christ, God in Christ. It's not about me or it's not about any of my single children, individual children. It's all about understanding who we are in God's creation and extolling and exalting the Christ of God who is both our creator and our savior, our king and our Lord who is coming again. I'll talk more about that as we get into the scripture here in just a second. So you move from there to the, to the curse of pornography that has caused fathers and sons and men in the world to have a, to have a brain wreck when it comes to the beauty and glory of a woman. It becomes something far worse than that. And that has its effect on the fathers and the husbands of the world because reading all that I've read tells us that in the studies, it poisons a man so many times against his wife, he sees her as something else or he can't see anything in her at all. Then move from that to what, I, what we would call singleness. I read a recent study this past week that more than half of the children that are born in the United States of America today are born into a single parent home, which means that the mother and the father were not married, which means that the father has no sense of his role of leadership as it is given by God to believers. And he has, he has, at that point, not being the child being illegitimate, the father feels free to abandon his role, which puts that child more than likely on a road to destruction. 
Now, I've seen these things, and I could say so much more. I've seen these things in my lifetime. But Christians, and we saw this. We saw this in the earlier teaching in Ephesians. We're different. Paul said, you know, you can't be like the Gentiles. Now, if we're not Jew in a racial sense, I guess, if we're not a Jew, we're a Gentile. No, we're not. If we're in the church, we're the church. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's no Gentile. It's the church. We are unique. We are in Christ. And we have the Holy Spirit. Paul said early in Ephesians, the Holy Spirit given as a pledge, a down payment. He's in your life. And the Holy Spirit causes a difference in our lives. We are unique because we are in Christ. We are filled with the Spirit. And the Spirit being within us unctions us to be obedient. And now we have this series of imperatives. Here you are in Christ. Here's who you are in Christ in the world. This is how you live practically. You are positional and now you're to be practical. So the mandates, the imperatives continue in this portion of scripture. Children and parents. I hope we learn, I hope we take away five thoughts here. Thought number one, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Remember, husbands, love your wives in the Lord. You're doing this as to the Lord. You love the Lord. So let's look at it. Children, obey, obey, hypocuite. Hupo means under. Aquo means to sound or a sound. It means that you are under the teaching of someone else. That's what it means. And to be under the teaching of someone else naturally assumes an authority who teaches. The authority teaches. The child is under the authority and he is commanded, the child, the children are commanded to be under the teaching and to be obedient to the teaching of the authority who teaches. Obey your parents in the Lord, in the Lord, in the Lord. You're doing this because you're doing it to the Lord. You're doing it as before the Lord. You're doing it in obedience to the Lord. You can bypass the parents and say, you know, this is to the Lord. Let's think about this for a minute. One thing, oh, nothing is more wonderful. Children are a gift. They're a precious gift from God. There's no doubt about that. But Christian parents have to think in the perspective of the blessed, precious, holy word of God. So... It doesn't matter. They told me I was so ugly as a baby. My mama used to borrow a baby to take to church. <laughs> and I haven't improved since. But here's the deal. Everybody loves that precious child. 
fresh from the womb. You look at it, you hold it, you caress it. There's nothing like that child. But when you take the authority of teaching that child who is commanded to obey your teaching as parents in the Lord, you're going to have to understand something. That beautiful little precious thing is an unregenerate, reprobate enemy of God. <laughs> What's so funny about that? That just is <laughs> Just because you got more whippings than the other ones doesn't mean anything. <laughs> the oldest child has such a hard time. It's rough. We're both in a learning experience. And all the way through the Old Testament, the people of God are told, teach that child. When he raises up, when he sits down, when he gets out of bed, when he goes to bed, teach that child. The word of God. Teach him. Start him out that way. Don't ever let him turn loose from your authoritative voice. The first one he ever knows that he is being admonished in the word of the Lord. Pat and I would pray so hard and we would just wring our hands and we would pray. From the time those children were born, oh God, save them. We can't save them. We know that they have, a, they have a fallen nature. They must be redeemed. They must be born again. Help us, Lord, make the path clear and straight for us so that the time may come that we may see that what you had planned in eternity will come to fruition in their lives as in the course of time you call them and they come. And my children were baptized quite early. And they were taught never to doubt what God had done for them even though they were young. Don't ever doubt the keeping power, the holding power of your Savior. You didn't save yourself and you can't keep yourself saved. It is by the power of God you walk in the Lord. The time came when at early ages, really, they were baptized. They came and answered the questions. You can't argue with anything like that. I'm so thankful. Throughout eternity, I'll be thankful. So, children, sit down and listen to the authority who teaches you the Word of God. Obey your parents in the Lord. I taught my children a lot of things. outside of spiritual things because I knew they would have to face certain things. CO2 here, well, he was like nine or 10 years old when he was wanting something. He's just write a check for it. <laughs> Sit down, son. I've got to teach you something. 
It's like, you know, <laughs> like King Solomon's mines. You just stick in a shovel and always get a shovel full of gold. You have to teach them things to help them deal with life. But the first thing we taught them was the word of God. Everything else just paled into insignificance. Now, in the Lord means that the child is to understand that what I'm teaching you makes you responsible to the Lord, not me. How do you do this? Well, here's what you do. Because, you know, they're depraved. They have a little sinful nature. You don't have to teach a child how to be bad. <laughs> you I know. You have to teach a child how to be good. Some fit, pitched. Do you think the Lord is pleased with that attitude? <laughs> Do you think the Lord was pleased with what you just did? Finally, if you've taught them, finally somewhere along the way, the way they'll break. <laughs> no, I don't think the Lord pleased Get on your knees and pray. Daddy will pray with you. The first thing you have to do is get a pair of scissors and go out and cut the yard. <laughs> and when the yard is sufficiently cut, we'll come in and pray. It's hard to preach this message with my kids right here in the front. <laughs> Calm down now. <laughs> in the Lord, is the Lord pleased? Doesn't matter if I'm pleased or not. Is the Lord pleased? Obey your parents in the Lord. Second thought. For this is right. Child will say, no. Oh, if you want my face to turn purple, you let me see a child tell his parent no. I just can't stand it. Could I stand it? No. Sometimes child, oh, why? Why do I have to do this? Because it's right. Says who? Says God. There's no higher appeal than that. For this is right. The reason I say it that way is because up here, Eston Dikaun, Dikaun, Eston Dikaun. Dikaun. That word means righteous. Dikaun. Now that is the righteousness of God in Christ. There is no righteousness. I can't tell you that I'm righteous. I'm only righteous in Christ because of Christ's righteousness. So when you teach a child, you're teaching him on the basis of righteousness that is established in the word of God, teaching us the righteousness that is in Christ so it's, it's, it's biblically based. 
Who says it's right? This is why you have to do it. God says so. I'm going to read it to you. And you're in all kind of trouble if you defy God. He'll get you somewhere. Now, when we say it's right, we have to know and understand righteousness as the word of God presents it to us. Now, number three, going back to Exodus 12, honor your father and your mother. Tima, the, the Greek word means to attach precious value. Honor. Attach precious value to your father and mother. Now, understand this. This whole thing is instruction for believers. I'm not talking to unbelievers here. I'm talking to believers. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first command with a promise. Let's think about the, you've heard this before, the first four, the first four commandments deal with our relationship with God and his relationship with us. The last six commandments deal with our relationship to each other. And the one that is most important and listed first in line is our relationship to our parents. That's commandment number five, the first of human relationship commandments. Children and parents. Honor your father and your mother. It is so important that God gives a promise on this one. Here it is. That it may be well with you and you will be long lived upon the earth. God is saying this. The parents, the children, this is the basic unit of civilization. This is basic to civilization. No wonder Satan wants to attack it. Because if he can unravel the family, he has unraveled civilization. We'll kill each other. We'll destroy each other. If there's no, if there's no honor of parents then there's no honor of God. Proverbs 29 verse 15 says this, the rod and reproof give wisdom. Now the rod, that's a whipping. A whipping and a fussing. Scolding. A whipping and a scolding. I don't care what the world says. We're Christians. We're unique. A whipping and a scolding We'll give that child wisdom. <laughs> yeah, I'm very wise. Every time I think about this, I see my mother with the screen door held open as she orders me to go to the nearest big bush and take a limb off of it. And I would get one about that long, no. The big one up there just over your head. With one fell swoop, all the leaves came off that thing. And I'm not going to describe what happened after that, but I can tell you this. I was a wise guy after that. Listen to the rest of verse 15. 
The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings his mother to shame. That's tough. That's what it says. But that's tough. Because there is a great responsibility placed in the hands of the mother to always be there for the child. It is understood in the culture and society that is biblical that the man won't always be there, but the mother would. Let me tell you how important this is. This commandment, this, this basic building block of civilization, fathers, mothers, and children, the family unit, this is so basic to civilization that in Leviticus 20, God said in his law, if you have a rebellious child, you turn him over to the people who will take that child outside the camp and stone that child to death. That's how important this admonition is. Honor your father and your mother. Keep showing yourself as a rebel. And in the Old Testament, the people of God are commanded to take that child. And I'm sure they would all agree, including the parents, that it was a child that was totally lost to rebellion. And stone that child to death. Capital punishment for the rebellious child. That's how important it is to God. That it may be well with you and you will be long lived upon the earth. Here's the promise. You see, it's the commandment with the promise and there's the promise. It'll be well with you. A Christian home. The children come to Christ. Their lives are filled with Bible study and with discipline. And they've become disciples of Christ even at an early age. And they learn the Bible. Here's what happens. They learn responsibility for life. They learn how to be responsible. They learn what kind of spouse to expect. They learn how to make a living. They learn that if they don't work, they can't eat. And the father learns that he has to protect and lead his home because Paul writes to Timothy and he says, if you don't do this, if you have a man who doesn't do this, he has denied the faith. And he's worse than an unbeliever. A godless, horrible man who doesn't follow the mandates of Scripture. You'll be long lived upon the earth. I told you a while ago, the most recent, and I can't remember the year, it wasn't this year or last year, but some years ago, 
Half of the children born in the United States of America are born into single-family homes where the father has abandoned the responsibility. Now, look at the nation. Consider the nation where we live. We don't have to go back to Sodom and Gomorrah or anything else. We can just look around where we are. Teacher said, I read this copy of a letter that was online. Teacher was asked, why don't you get those kids under control? I'm scared of the principal. Principal said, I'm scared of the superintendent. The superintendents say, we're scared of the parents. And you know what the parents say? We're scared of our kids. And the kids ain't scared of nobody. Because with the mother having to work and the father having abandoned, you have these children left to themselves. And the only thing that can come out of a person left to himself is depravity and sin, crime. Because they don't answer to anybody. And so they fill the streets of cities with rage and ungodly demands. And people are still scared of the children. They'll fill the city streets of Portland, Oregon. They'll fill the city streets of St. Louis, Missouri. They'll fill the city streets of St. Louis, uh, Seattle, Washington. They'll fill the city streets, these who most of them surely or without any kind of leadership or discipline and they will destroy because everybody's scared of them. Obey your parents in the Lord, children. This is the righteous thing. Honor your father and your mother. It will be well with you if you do. You'll be long-lived. You won't get murdered you won't, you know, most likely you'll live a long life. You'll, you'll live a life that's a healthy life and, a, and a, a, a fairly prosperous life. So that you'll live a clean life and it keeps you away from elements that otherwise would kill you early. But it goes beyond that. Long lived upon the earth. It speaks to that generation as well. This is why, this is why I call out to Christian brothers and sisters, get ready for the judgment on this nation that's surely coming. Unless there is massive, and there can be if the Holy Spirit falls on us and calls us, unless there's massive repentance and confession of sin, there will be judgment and we'll need each other because the world will hate us. I saw an article where California is trying to pass a law that will make being a Christian illegal to be a cop, to be a policeman. You can't be a policeman if you're a Christian. This carries us to the precipice of judgment. But if we are careful to raise our children 
and be the authority that we should be teaching them the word of God, then that generation will be long lived upon the earth. Their generation will be a strong generation. Thought number four. Fathers, do not provoke your children. Now that word, provoke, paroi gizete. There is in that word, the word orge, which means wrath, anger, wrath. So you do not provoke to wrath or provoke to anger your children. You'll ruin them. They'll get angry. Here's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to, in the discipline of children as Christians, you're supposed to make them regretful, but not angry. So, if a father, mean-spirited, just mistreats the child, the child will see that as what authority is supposed to be. And he will say, I ain't doing this no more. If this is authority, I don't need authority. So we don't cross the line. We pray, we teach, we discipline. But in the Lord we seek, when a child goes wrong, we seek to make them regretful, but not angry. Finally, number five, bring them up. In the, now this is all imperative. Can you understand? It's a command. Bring them up in the discipline. The word means to train them, training and admonition of the Lord, it means, to, it means to teach them by warning. The word admonition up here, uh, it means to teach by, by warning. So when you teach them the Bible, you teach them the positive things of it, but we have to point out what happens if you simply refuse to obey this? There's a warning from God. That's admonition. Final thought. Bring them up in the discipline, the training, and admonition of the Lord. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And He came into this world to save sinners. If you're here today without Christ, we are praying that you don't leave that way. We're here for you. If you would come to Christ today. Secondly, maybe you've come to Christ but you've never been obedient to the Lord and the Great Commission to be baptized. Once you are saved as a believer, you should be baptized. It's a great statement of your faith. But more than that, it's a command of the Lord. Thirdly, maybe you're here and you've been saved and you've been baptized as a believer, but 
You need to be hooked into a local church, believing the Bible, being taught the Bible, helping to teach others the Bible, to fellowship with believers, to serve the Lord in the local body of Christ. If you have a need and longing and calling to church membership, we're here for you too as well. Here's what we do. As you exit the sanctuary, just across the hall, a couple of rooms where deacons and their wives are waiting to sit down with you, to tell you about Christ and his salvation, to record your need and to follow up with that need for baptism or your need to come into this body of Christ and join us in our crusade for teaching and preaching the Bible, for fellowshipping and being responsible to one another, loving one another in the Lord. They're waiting to talk to you about any of those three things as you exit. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, Lord, thank you for the service that we've had today. Thank you for those who have come and for all that we've experienced and all that we've heard and felt. And now use us for your glory as we exit this place. If there are any here who need to come to Christ or who need to submit to baptism or who need to come into this church, Father, I pray that you'll guide them and strengthen them on their way out to step in and and have a discussion with our deacons and their wives. Thank you for the day and your word in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here. You're dismissed. <laughs>